This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we have packed a few different shows together that we call Highlights to help you to get the most bang for your time in educating you on the topics that you want to learn from. We would love to hear from you. I am grateful that you are with us today. Have a blessed day. Our guest is Alvin Cavalier. Thanks for being on the show, Alvin. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks for having me on. Alvin, also known as Coach Cav, is the owner of Your Space LLC and manages Your Space's investor relationships, coaching program, outreach, as well as oversees its investor network. Alvin has been involved in real estate investing for over 10 years and has extensive experience in short-term rental acquisition, property management, and traditional owner financing deals. As a principal of Your Space LLC, Alvin continues to leverage his organizational leadership experience to create investments in deals for both new and experienced investors. Alvin, welcome to the show. Grateful to have you on. One way that I know people are getting creative recently and in, in minimizing their vacancy in large multifamily is turning maybe a few units into short-term rentals. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that because I think it could be useful, not just depending on where that property, I guess, is located. It could even be a way to increase your income as well, you know, if it's something that would work well in that area. First off, I want to thank you for your service. I don't know if the listeners probably don't know, but Alvin is active duty military and serving our country. So just want to first off say, Thank you, Alvin, for your service. But get us started a little more about what you do. And and let's jump into how maybe thinking through turning a couple units into short-term rentals could help our large multifamily portfolio. Great. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks again for having me on and for your listening. Happy November 3rd. Out of all days, I get the honor. But as introduced, um, I'm Alvin. I go by Coach Cab in the short-term rental industry. And my company, Your Space, we've been operating in short-term rentals for just over three years. And we've amassed somewhere over 60 or so short-term rental and sharing economy investments across the country. And that's working between small apartments, large apartments, as well as single-family homes in, in the portfolio. One of the unique things that we do working with real estate investors, more particularly multifamily real estate investors, is helping reduce vacancies through creating what's called pop-up short-term rentals. And that's simply having the ability to leverage our services and our processes our processes and services and bring them to a multifamily property to help reduce vacancy rates. And and what that simply looks like is being able to take a stored set of furniture and put it into an apartment, one to 10 apartments in literally a day or two and have those places up and running on short-term rental platforms, producing income in, in no time. Nice. Okay. Now that's interesting thought. Like have this, have this furniture available. So you just have a process. I assume, okay, well, immediately we can just say, okay, we're going to put this furniture in this unit. And all of a sudden we have a a short-term rental that we can put on the market in a different market. I mean, really, or in a different type of industry to some extent, even though it's still real estate and rentals, it's a very different group of people, right? Uh, You know, so instead of that typical renter that we'd be marketing to, 
all of a sudden we can market to somebody else, right? And a different group of, of people. And so help us to think through that a little bit, you know, and some things we need to be able to have in place, even thinking through the furniture and where to store it, the processes to make that happen. And maybe we could have that and we can get it in there. But then, you know, let's talk too about how to market that to that group of people and be successful in the in the short-term rental space, you know, and then having that pop-up availability like you're talking about. Great. And what we do is, one, we like to keep things simple. And that's simply dealing with things that we typically deal with as real estate investors that have properties across the country. And what that process looks like, it's simply having storage space in a given given city and hiring an interior designer to outfit what those places would look like. And then we keep that furniture stored in a location that also becomes available in most cases to real estate agents for rental that are doing other real estate showings or pop-ups in in a given area. So it becomes sort of multi-purpose if you think about it, having furniture available to leverage and and turn into a short-term rental. The second part of that becomes part of our build phase within our framework. And that simply revolves around being able to find and hire the right people and put them into the right process that we have. And then that enables us to have ready teams available to take on the furniture, get access to the space, pop it up, and then have it ready to rent. Once we enter into this build phase, what's going to happen is we are going to either virtually build out the furniture package inside of the space, have professional photos taken. So we'll always have a running profile for that property or the properties on a number of short-term rental sites and available. So if we know, for instance, we've got a vacancy coming one October, 2020, and we are three months out and nothing's coming in, we can turn a profile on, on the drop of a dime and start to pen out at least maybe a month or two, open the calendar for maybe just a month or two, and start taking reservations against that. And that becomes powerful because in most cases, if we're looking out a month or two, all we're going to look at is where our profit margins need to be for that particular unit. And then we're going to price competitively just to hit our targeted profit margins, which means we may not be competing against the entire market because our margins for that one, one or two units may be significantly lower. And that becomes one of the game changers because we're taking on income at a lower rate in most cases because larger properties have lower profit margin thresholds, especially for one or two properties. And it allows us to take that on in most cases significantly earlier in the rental cycle. And once we hit those targeted occupancy rates that drive us to our targeted profit margins, it becomes a win-win for everybody. Nice. I like the thought of of like planning ahead and being able to turn something like this on. So if we, you know, we could look at our rent roll essentially and say, okay, well, unfortunately, we're going to have 25 units vacant between November and December or January. Like maybe that's the worst time of year to, to have some turnover. But to fill that gap, you know, so we can have them available, say, in March, you know, or April, we can look back in, say, September and say, okay, well, we can go ahead and be planning for this and turn that on so we can start filling up some some of those 25 units for short-term rentals for maybe the holidays, you know, or through Thanksgiving, December, you know, if that's when that vacancy was. So maybe we could have more units filled. Is that kind of what, you know, how you would plan that? 
Exactly. And I'll let you into one of our bigger secrets here at Your Space and and what we do well across most markets. Even with traditional single family homes, we will aggregate our properties. And all that means is if I've got five homes in one geographical area, I will build a listing to accommodate all five of those homes. We do the same thing in the multifamily space, and that's simply taking the concept of you've got a basketball team coming into town, and that hotel doesn't have 40 rooms to accommodate the entire team. We look at it in the same light, and all that simply leads us to do is provide that same accommodation for larger groups across the that one geographical area and, and obviously in in an apartment complex it becomes a better deal because they're all within one complex but what that allows us to do Whitney is it allows us to create unique value in the market and when that happens when you create unique value in the market you're not competing against every home in the market against every traveler demographic and then we get out of the discussion about a nightly rates, and then we start talking broadly about our, our profit margins. Because in, in these cases, then we can set prices for weekdays, and we can set prices for weeknights, and we don't have to move them because we've got value in a market that doesn't exist that we're not, and we're not competing with with everybody else for. Our guest is Christina Vandergrift. Christina has become a short-term rental expert. She didn't start that way, though. She started at 20 years old and was in single-family rentals. I think many of us, though, have these mental roadblocks like she had and that we can relate to and learn from. You know, she felt that they were more safe, right? But now she owns two brokerages. I mean, she has grown her real estate portfolio and her real estate businesses very quickly to a large scale. The show that we focus on today is some of our short-term rental stuff that's performing very well. And I just think even as a multifamily operator, it's just something I like to have in my back pocket as I'm looking at new markets or even looking at different properties to purchase that maybe this is a good part of the plan to have or a potential thing to have in my back pocket. But there's some things you need to know about, right? And she goes into numerous things that, hey, if I'm going to buy, let's say a duplex or a large or multifamily property somewhere, maybe it's an option for me to have a few units as short-term rentals. It's a way to boost your NOI in a big way, depending on you know, where it's located in the local attractions and things like that, which could significantly, obviously, raise the value of your property as well. I know you're going to enjoy the show, but I want you to be equipped with other avenues like this to help increase the value of your commercial property. Christina, welcome to the show. I'm honored to have you on. You have such a vast array of experience in real estate. I mean, even owning two brokerages right now. And there's different things I know we're going to discuss during the show today that are going to help many of our listeners in their business or entrepreneurship journey or those things that, man, there's so many roadblocks that happen, right? You have to navigate as an entrepreneur. You have done just that on numerous occasions. And so give the listeners a little more about your background in real estate. And let's jump into where you're at now as well. Sure. And thank you so much for having me. So I have been selling real estate since literally my 20th birthday, which unfortunately is almost 17 years ago. <laughs> and it was so neat because it exposed me to all different lifestyles and just people and backgrounds that I had never been exposed to prior to that. 
I realized early on that I wanted to start investing in real estate as early as I could, just because you see people who either did invest or the ones who regretted not doing it when they had the opportunity. Bought my first house when I was 22. And then I was so hungry and probably a little cocky and a novice, but I wanted to be the number one realtor in our area. And then I, fate would have it that my mom decided to sell our brokerage and I decided to buy it from her. And it's just been a whole roller coaster ride of events. But now, like I said earlier, we have two real estate brokerages. One is just commercial, residential, land, sales. And then the other one is vacation rental property management also. Go into a little more detail there about why short-term rentals now, why that's more lucrative and why you've you know focused so much more energy on that asset class. Our first one myself was called the Sky High Chalet and it was a property near our home. It had 10 acres and it was like a chalet style house with beautiful views. We wanted it because it was close to our home. You know, I want to get as many properties around us as we can, you know, didn't think it would be as big as it would be. If we were to buy it and rent it out as a traditional family, like rental, it would have been $1,400 a month for our gross rent, plus taxes, mortgage, insurance, and all of that stuff. Still, we launched as a vacation rental and it grosses 80 to 90 grand a year. In the summertime, we we literally gross like 8,000 a month, have the same upkeep and wear and tear and everything else. It was such an eye opener that I'm like, man, I need to do this for other people also, but also help educate people on how they can do it also, because, you know, I was that 20 year old girl who didn't have any exposure and experience, figured it out sometimes the hard way, but I wanted to help streamline it for other people so that they could have that abundance also. Wow. That's incredible. Just thinking through that, you said 1400 a month versus what? Eight grand. Like 8,000 a month? Yes. Yeah, it's incredible. And so even in multifamily properties now too, I I know that more people are considering turning even a few units into short-term rentals because of what you just, maybe they have a few vacancies anyway. So it's like, why not? So when you're thinking about whether it's a, you know, a couple of units in a multifamily property or whether we find a single family home in a city that, hey, we want to visit sometimes, what are some things we should be thinking about as far as having a successful short-term rental? So first off, I highly suggest this. And I talk about it in my book and my course, make sure the zoning allows it. You don't want to go down that path of, you know, investing money and time and effort into it to find out you're not allowed to anyway. So that would be my biggest thing. Make sure you're legally allowed to do it. How would we know that? You want to check with the local municipality. So whether it's the town or city or township, depending on where you live, definitely go to the authorities to look up the zoning regulations. It's interesting because since COVID, the vacation rental industry has just exploded and it's only going to continue to. And there's a lot of areas across the entire country that don't have zoning on it because it's so new to them still. So you definitely want to make sure, and I talk about it in my book, even locally, we have some towns that allow them and others that don't. Don't ever assume because you know what that does. Even if other people say have short-term rentals there, you still need to check, right? Exactly. Things change all the time. Okay. So insure zoning allows for it. What else? I would definitely always, you want to make sure the space is clean, great quality. You know, I know it's intimidating thinking about having to furnish your space, 
it doesn't have to be, you have to spend $50,000 to furnish your space, but it has to be nice and quality materials because it's going to get a lot of wear and tear. The other things, I feel like your audience probably knows a lot of these things just from the real estate market, but you want to have it staged in professional pictures. There's so much technology out there to help you market it, but I think it's those small poor things that really make the biggest difference. Staged and professional pictures you mentioned are just professionally done right inside. Personally, I wouldn't have a clue, right? And the things that that I would probably go find to, to stage it probably would not be very cosmetically appealing to most if I was doing that myself, right? How would we find somebody to help us do that? to ensure that that is done well? Yeah, so I actually, on my website, I have Vacation Rental Academy course and I actually have a free download with my furnishing list and there's a free training video that breaks it down how I do it from top to bottom, how I furnish it, the list of all the things. So I would definitely suggest people checking out christina-vandergriff.com. They can find that on there. And then my book also breaks it down and explains and you can purchase that through my website also. Give us a couple couple details, a couple tips there on how to do it though. Sure. You know, so the biggest thing is you are showing people a good time and it's all about the experience. From the time they walk in, they want to feel like they're at home. They don't want it to be cold or especially not dirty. They want to feel comfortable. You have a lot of solo travelers, families. You want to make sure that you can accommodate as many people as you sleep a night you know, for chairs and table setting and just everything. And I think there's a lot of little things that people might not think of like that. You know, if you say you can sleep eight people, you better have enough towels and plates for eight people or more. Or they're going to be calling you, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're (laughs) going to be calling you. Tell me a little bit about like underwriting for a short-term rental versus, you know, we're just say buying a single family home, you know, for monthly rental. I would hope that we could still buy it and it work as a monthly rental, you know, if we had to. But, you know, is that something you consider or is it like, wow, okay, if we can make eight grand a month versus 1400, now we can pay a lot more. I would hate to think about it like that, but but is that the case? Yeah, so as far as the underwriting goes, you want to make sure, and I teach you this on my course also, when you are approaching a bank about it, that you are very conservative with your numbers. And like you said, worst case scenario, you can just rent it out as a traditional rental. There are different banks, depending on the area, that are very familiar with financing short-term rentals where there's others that aren't. You just want to make sure that you are very conservative from start to finish. You don't want to assume anything, but yeah, it's been very interesting because again, it's so new. And so there are a lot of banks that they're like, well, that sounds risky. We won't finance it. So you want to make sure you do your research, find the right lender and be upfront with them. Don't try and say, oh, I'm buying it for a second home. And then decide after the fact to do that because I'm shins also. And what would happen there in that instance? Do you know, like, what would you tell? I mean, obviously you want to be very upfront. Like you said, it's great advice, you know, with your lender. Is it, let's say it was going to be a second home and then you converted it to a short-term rental. Do you see a problem there with your lender possibly? So my real estate broker, it just doesn't sit well in my gut. Yeah, I agree. They have a reason to reinspect it or go back through your paperwork. Or if you default on your mortgage, then they can change your terms. You know, I'm sure it happens all the time. Or there's people that buy it as a second home and then eventually do convert it. They don't normally come back and check those things as long as you're in good standing, but it's just the moral side of it. I want to be completely upfront with them. No doubt about it. Just I've heard of the same things happening. What about location? How do we find the right location and find some you know competitive property? Yeah. So you want to make sure that 
Location is everything. You want to be easily close to all the attractions and you want to have easy access for people to get in and out of. And that all determines on how much you can charge ultimately also. You want to definitely think if it's in an area where you're not familiar with, you want to find out what do people like to do? What do they like to have? When we bought ours ours in Florida, my realtor said, it's okay to have a pool, but you really want to be on a canal also. And me from Pennsylvania, I wouldn't have known that. So just doing that due diligence to ask questions and find out if you don't know already is huge because the locals may know of things that people want to see and do. And so you want to make sure that you have all those things also, if you can. And if not, you want to make sure it's staged nice and marketed properly, but it affects your price also. Yeah, so the the local things you wouldn't know, like you said, talk to the realtor, talk to other locals that are going to tell you what they want. That's so important. What about, you know, managing from a distance? You mentioned that you're in Pennsylvania. You know, some of these properties are in Florida. How do you do that? And it seems like it would be even be more of a headache, right? Because you're so far away and even more turnover, right? It may be a daily turnover or a weekend, you know, every weekend or every few days or somebody different. Talk through managing that process. Yeah. So ours in Florida and Tennessee both have property managers that are a whole different company than one I own. From the get-go, I knew I was going to have somebody manage it. You definitely want to do your homework. They all charge different percentages and you just want to make sure their reviews and everything. We In Florida, we had a bad go of it with our first one, hardly any bookings, not promoted very well. So you want to make sure you do your research with that. But for me, even the ones I have now locally, for I have them go through my management company because I'm only one person. I have multiple jobs and hats. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm all these things. So my time is limited and my time is valuable also. So I highly suggest if you don't have the time to dedicate it to it, to get a property manager, you're looking at somewhere between 10 to 40% off the top if you have one, but you just get to get your check every month and you're pretty hands off. They do everything. You just have to make sure your utilities on. And if there's issues that you pay to repair the problems too. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 